Thank you for joining me for another episode of my USNA Men, Moms, and More podcast. This is part two of my conversation with Grant Vermeer and his experience as a midshipman, then to officer and back to civilian life. And of course, his Academy Insider, which is so beneficial to parents. My podcast, my blog, and my website are based on my book, A USNA Mom Journal, from plebe summer through commissioning and beyond everything you need to know. It is a step-by-step guide for the journey. I walk alongside you every step of the way to make sure that you are equipped and empowered with necessary information to make your journey successful. On my website, usnamidmomsandmore.org, you will find my blog with many helpful articles, my podcast with other episodes, and you'll also find my shop where I express myself creatively and I hand make many items that show our Navy spirit. My podcast and my blog are my labor of love and I do appreciate any support. Here we go. Part two with Grant. Transitioning from the Naval Academy into the fleet, mm-hmm. what is some advice that you would give to brand new officers as they enter the fleet? This is funny. You, you, you mentioned your son making a joke about like even during plebe year where they don't have to do anything besides stay alive. Uh-huh. I, I'd argue I'd argue that's the exact same for all four years of the academy. Okay. You have someone make you a meal three times a day. You have laundry service. You that don't have to true. do any, you could live at the academy and never do anything, never leave, and you would be able to survive. So my number one advice for people that are commissioning getting out is prepare for life. Because you're about to go from like literally everything being taken care of you for four years. Mm. Just like being out and now you're just like, uh, uh, how do I do life? <laughs> how do I be right. an adult? Right. And would that be the right term nowadays? Learn adulting? Learn adulting. I'm proud of you for that. Adult adulting is the correct word there. Yeah, adulting <laughs> is the correct verbiage. So yeah, you have to learn how to adult. You have to start adulting. And um, you know, that comes in so many different forms and fashions. It comes into developing a daily routine. How are you gonna maintain your health and your fitness now that the academy's not making you work out? How are you going to maintain your diet and your food intake now that three mo- meals aren't being provided for you every day? How are you going to maintain your housing situation and making payments? And this idea that you went from making no money, but having no debt to now receiving a paycheck and making close to $100,000 a year, depending on where you're stationed as a 22 year old. Right. And, right? and, and so, if you took out your, if you took out your career started loan, second class, that's like mm-hmm. a $600. They take that month out. Payment. You don't even see it. Yep. For sure five, do. Is it five years or something like that. Uh, oh yeah. I made, I made, I made my payments back on my career starter loan literally until June of 2022, five years know. after commissioning. Yeah. Does the Naval Academy like provide you with some sort of uh, adulting class before you leave or? Not, not really. Uh, and again, this is one of these, one of these, one of these things where like, are there certain things? Yes. Do I remember being at the Academy and them being like, Hey, we're having a, a seminar on X, Y, or Z. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm exhausted. There's no way I'm going to that. There's no way I'm taking an hour out of my day to go to that. There's no chance. And so, you know, I think that piece is really difficult. You know, what I what I would encourage is, you know, there's been a movement by some amazing entrepreneurs in the Naval Academy Network, specifically like this guy, JD Kameen, who started up this thing called oh, the US yeah, Property Network. He did all JD's the great the man. videos. He did all the great videos. This is what he does. He's a mover and a shaker. He has a company 
for art, something with art as well. He does. He does. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know a ton about it. So I'll let, I'll let him explain yeah. what it is, but he does. Yeah. He does. And he's also a, a real estate professional. Um, and so uh, he's just, he's doing, he does a lot of things. Right. And so there are these communities, right. And so the USA property network is an amazing thing where midshipmen can go learn about the resources that they're going to have um, available to them. I know it's called the USNA Property Network, and so you would think like, oh, it's only about buying and selling homes, but it's just a community of academy grads who are there to try and help you with financial decisions, right? And so I would encourage people to like take a look at that. There's this guy, Buddy Rushing, um, who runs this company called White Feather, White Feather Investments and Education. And uh, you know, I went through his accelerator course, which is just teaches you all about real estate investing and all, all these different aspects of personal finance and developing uh, a plan for your financial freedom. And, and there's just, I would say there's just so many resources that I would encourage people to start educating themselves okay. young. So that way they can take advantage of everything that the military is going to provide for them. My, my thought on that is I wish I would have learned a little bit, educated myself a little bit more early on about some of those aspects. I feel like I was still at a a good level of understanding of personal finance. And I'm happy with kind of how I chose my path, right? Because not every right. path is right for every person. Right. But um, but I, I think it would be a, a disservice to not understand all of your options, right? right? And then decide what makes the most sense for you. How so. can parents help their midshipmen to prepare for when they become officers for adulting as an officer? Is there a way that you see that parents might be able to offer assistance in that? Um, so this is, this is going to be one of those like hands-off ones again. I, I think that's a trial by fire one. Some, <laughs> some, I think some people just yeah. need to, to learn it and understand it. Right. Cause then if you're, if you're trying to like help them and guide them, then it, you're going back almost to the Academy thing where like people are just taking care of it for you. I learned very quickly that I don't tell my kids what to do anymore. <laughs> it's advice. Oh, honey, mm -hmm. have you thought about this? Or mm -hmm. what if you uh, think about doing this? But sometimes when mom and dad mention it, it's kind of like automatically back burner, right? But if Grant would say it, then they might do it. <laughs> Here's my dichotomy here. I think when it comes to important life decisions, like understanding how to utilize $36,000 for the first time, yes. right? Having having some influence in, in education and maybe like, again, not telling you what to do, but providing them with resource and education. Right. About, hey, okay. look at this or educate yourself is super helpful because yeah. I agree with you on both hands, which is like, there are plenty of times where my mom was like, hey, Grant, you should do this. And I was like, but then there were also times where like my brother or my dad or my mom would come in and say like, hey, you should consider this and think about this. Here's something to like look at. And I'd be like, okay, maybe that's a good idea. And I wouldn't have considered that unless they said it. Right. right? And so. Right. And they, um, they also gave you something to look at as well so that you could. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. So and so that, yeah. that might be a happy medium to maybe have resources yeah. for mids to look at as they prepare to enter into the fleet before our kids finish high school. As a family, we took a financial planning course. And so when our oldest graduated from high school, he had all these tools and all this information at his fingertips. So he did really well. And then we mm -hmm. reiterated it with our daughter and those things with our youngest. I was amazed. I visited my youngest and he has a budget. We were out shopping for groceries and he has a spreadsheet and mm -hmm. 
spent like $10 here and he was entering in his spreadsheet and keeping track of am I staying in line with my expenses or not? Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And I was really proud of him for that. It takes education. It takes dedication. It takes time. Right. So 100%. as parents transition, then talking about adulting and parent involvement, what advice do you have for mid parents when they become officer parents? You know, what's funny is I'm going to say to treat it the exact same way, to treat it the exact same way. And, th and this is, this is uh, weird, but I think just life at the at, in the fleet is, is sometimes very similar to life at the academy from a certain level of stress, pressure, time, things constantly changing, right? And so I would go back to what you said, which is to be willing to accept change, right? Like, again, we, we use the term like Semper Gumby in, mm -hmm. in the military for the military members because you're like, hey, you need things to, you need to be able to adjust to things changing. And I think that needs to go to parents as well, right? Like it's not, it's tough because as an adult, you know, you make plans for the holidays or you make plans for this thing. And then your kid has to cancel last minute, right? Like that's, that's hard, but they don't have a choice. It's not like they wanted to do it. right? right? It's right. not like they're happy about the fact that it's happening. And so right. it's one of those things. And then I think continuing to, to try and educate yourself about their experience. And again, this is a, a new phase of Academy Insider that we'd like to try and get to is some more stories in the fleet and understanding about what the process looks like for uh, all the different communities and service, you know, services you can go into. Because again, it's one of these things where I just think educating yourself is truly the greatest service that you can give to your right. son or daughter or niece or nephew. There's two paths the conversation you go. It could be an hour long conversation where your kid has to explain something the whole time and they're not really able to articulate what they want to talk about because they're too busy explaining everything. Or it can turn into a 20 minute conversation where they just use terms that you generally understand or you generally understand the process. And they're able to kind of talk about their emotions and feelings of the whole thing. And they feel a little bit more understood. Right. And that's going right. right. to drastically improve the fresh the, or improve the relationship and reduce the frustration. Okay. That's my, that's my thing is, is continue to try and do your best to educate yourself externally from them about like the, their environments that they're going to become a part of. So right. that way you can understand them and support them. Yeah. And there, there are several um, parent Facebook pages for aviation, for SWO, for oh, subs, for, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So once your mid or officer joins that community, you would be able to uh, join those pages and Perfect. get informed as well. One question I had for you, because uh, parents may not be aware, is the promotion, once they're an officer and they're out in the fleet, mm -hmm. promotions work a little bit differently. So like at the academy and not necessarily that it's a promotion in a way it is. You know, you have plebe, then youngster in second class, and it's kind of automatic. And then so you start as an ensign, and then you go to a lieutenant junior grade, and then lieutenant. But after lieutenant, things change, right? Mm -hmm. promotion. It's yes. not automatic. So how does that work? Yeah, correct. It, it, so this is one of the things we'll have to do a whole episode on it and have to talk okay. about it, well, um, because, it because it is a little different. <laughs> I love, I would love to, I would love to, but to answer your question, yes, that, that is correct. And it's different between the Marine Corps and it's different between the Navy, which is even funny. Cause like I, even in the Marine Corps, you have to get this thing called your career designation, career des to even like get to a point where you're almost promoting to Oh three, that Oh three promotion, that promotion to a captain in the Marine Corps mm -hmm. is a little bit different than the Navy one. The Navy one is, is four years from the date of your graduation. Like you're going to be a Lieutenant. 
right? right. And in the Marine Corps, it's a little bit different. So already there's a difference. But then once you get to that point where you are an O3, then yes, promotion now happens in a uh, a board format, right? Like you have to submit a package and you have to, you know, present all of your fitness reports and all of the your metrics. And then they'll put you on a screen and be like, hey, officer so-and-so, here's all their metrics of their evaluation reports that they have and all these things that people will vote like yes or no about whether this person gets promoted. And, um, you know, I would love to bring on some people to give some real in-depth insight into like what really goes on onto these promotion boards. Um, but yes, it it turns to a promotion board by the time you're going up for 04. So those changes. Yeah. After Lieutenant. And then I think once they hit Lieutenant after that, if they get a salary increase, it's more of like cost of life adjustment, unless they get promoted. Correct. Uh, correct. You will. Um, so your pay is based on your rank and your time in service. So sometimes like every two years, so let's say you're a lieutenant in year four, mm-hmm. you'll make X number of dollars. Mm-hmm. You're still a lieutenant in year six because you haven't promoted yet, but you'll get a pay raise increase because now your time in service has increased in a two year increment. Thank right. You. So you have a small a- adjustment in pay, but then okay. you'll have a big adjustment when you promote to O four, which happens usually in the year eight to nine, like eight to 10 time frame, right? So you'll probably be a lieutenant for about four to five years, and then you become a lieutenant commander, right? And so um, those are kind of how those things adjust. And then in certain communities, once you reach a certain rank, sometimes it's commander, sometimes it's captain. I mean, because to become, I mean, after captain, it's admiral, right? But um, depending on how each community structured once you reach a certain rank your chances of mobility become very limited right you're capped out you're yeah. capped out, you're yeah, capped no, out. There's, uh, yeah. um there is and i i would encourage us to have like a full breakdown on that and a whole conversation because that's it's a really complex topic but yes yeah. there are yeah. indeed caps to certain communities and you have to kind of pivot and weave to try and increase yeah. your way no, up let's, if you're let's interested think in about that. let's think about an episode on that one because that would be i love great. it <laughs> kind of jumping into your into your career so can you tell us how did you choose your community of service and what was it yeah so i commissioned into the cryptologic warfare community uh and the cryptologic warfare community is a subsection we call we'll call it a designator so each community in the navy is going to have a designator and a designator is literally a four like a four code four number code mm-hmm. um and and, and so that designator specifies like what your community is. I was a cryptologic warfare officer, which was my designation. With That's a subsection of the information warfare community, which includes uh, information professional officers, which includes intelligence officers, and it includes me talk officers on top of the cryptologic warfare community. And so for the civilians th- out there, me talk is like basically weather ish yeah meteorology yeah i forget what the me talk breakout yeah. specifically is yeah. but it's like meteorology and oceanography or something like that yes yes yes, yes. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. and so um so yeah we like to we like to joke and make fun of them but they're just like weather people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they do the cool stuff they fly um, into hurricanes and stuff so they do they actually do really cool stuff i think yeah. it's funny because you know each community and this is one of these things where this will be a fun breakdown in so many future conversations in the cryptologic community we like to make fun uh, I, I mean um politely tell intel officers that they just make powerpoints all day 
right? Oh. And so uh, these are these are these are things that uh, there are lots of little uh, small digs that you have in all these different communities. But yeah, so I was a cryptologic warfare officer, um, and so we have three main tenants in cryptologic warfare, which is cyber operations, signals intelligence, and electronic warfare. So you could okay. do any three of those things, electronic warfare, you're thinking radars, like you're, you're kind of dealing with the, the radar component of the world, whether it's on a ship, on a submarine, understanding adversary radars, whatever the case is. Signals intelligence is going to be communication, really, right? So you're focusing on communications. And then specifically in this sense, this idea of intercepting or, or in, interpreting adversary communications because okay. an information professional officer in IP would be in charge of our own communications, like actually sending off messages. So cryptologic warfare is more this idea of understanding adversary capabilities. Okay. And then cyber operations is, is, is cyber. So think cybersecurity, think hacking, all this stuff, the NSA, like you're right. just a part of that community. Right. Black and, hat, um, white hat, blah, blah, blah. All the good stuff. So the Navy actually just approved recently a cyber warfare officer. So I, I, I'm going to assume, since I'm no longer a part of everything going on, that the cyber operations component of being a cryptologic officer will now fall to the cyber warfare officers. And then cryptologic officers will do all things radars and signals. And okay. so kind of be more of a signal-based officer. Very cool. It sounds so interesting. I hope you had a uh, we're, we're good. We're good at making ourse ourselves sound important and, and what we do cool, <laughs> but it's a lot of, well, yeah, it's I, kind I, of I can tell you I'm intrigued. So <laughs> <laughs> you were based not on ships, but on submarines, right? I was. So I was what we call a direct support officer in support of subsurface operations. So instead of being permanently assigned to a ship, so we'll call it PCS, permanent change of station, instead of being PCS to a ship, uh -huh. I was stationed at Fort Meade. So Fort Meade, Maryland, right outside of Annapolis, closer to Baltimore, right. um, is the National Security Agency. And there are some military commands that work in conjunction with the National Security Agency. So I was stationed there. And then I would take teams of usually like 12 to 15 individuals. And we would go, we call it TAD or a temporary assigned temporary duty. Assigned duty. Uh, yep. To a submarine and then support a specific mission, right? So I'd be living at Fort Meade. I'd be working, getting prepped, trained up on a specific mission. We'd fly out to a foreign country, get on board a submarine, do a cool mission, and then come back home, right? And so I was I was hopping from submarine to submarine. Um, in total, I actually did five full submarine deployments, which is nuts. Even a, a submarine officer doesn't do that many in five years, I think. Yeah, not even, not even close. But yeah. what I will say is I don't want to make ourselves sound like we do a whole time our lives a little bit better because we just get to go on for like the fun part of deployment like the cool stuff and we don't have to deal with all the nonsense and the shenanigans like a submarine officer's life even though they only do maybe one or two deployments over the course of it's their tough. tour it's so much harder it's we, we had a good life we had yeah. a good life yeah well i can <laughs> uh, see a lot of mids coming up in this class requesting to do what whatever it is you're doing so or did. And talking about that, you commissioned in 17 and we're now in mm -hmm. 2023. And you mentioned that you had a transition to civilian life. Yes. So any uh, suggestions for exit strategies as, as mids and new officers look toward the future and transitioning out to civilian life? What was the biggest challenge? Biggest challenge for me was just adjusting myself to a new culture and a new way of life. Again, everyone's situation is going to be extremely personal. So I don't have a ton of specific advice. But what I would consider is, or tell you to consider is just be prepared, 
right? Do your research and have and have an understanding of what it is exactly that you want to to do, right? I don't think you need to know like the job that you specifically want. Like a lot of times what prevents people from separating from the services are like, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do, right? Like at the end of the day, it's called work for a reason. Like it's a job. Like you like you might you might not love that thing. It's not like you have like, oh well I'm entering my dream profession or career. Right. But what's what's important is that it just allows you to a new way of life. Right. A life that potentially has a little bit more stability and all these different aspects where you can settle into a place, grow roots and do all these things. So I would just tell you to have a plan of how you're going to receive employment and where you want to go and like the networks that you're going to have in place and not be afraid, not be afraid to do it again. One of the beauties of the Naval Academy community is that they're going to be people every place you go that are going to be able to help you out. If you're proactive and reaching out for help, people are going to take care of you. Okay. And I want to be respectful of your time and we're kind of running um, a little bit late. So I am going to begin our wrap up by asking a question that I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, and you have mm-hmm. mentioned Academy Insider several times. And for the parents that are new that don't know what Academy Insider is, can you just give them a brief description? And for those of us that are intimately acquainted with Academy Insider and found it so instrumental and helpful, da 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 da, is it coming back? back, back. Really all Academy Insider is, it's a a platform that is designed um, to support midshipmen, future midshipmen and their families. It's really, it's really that simple, right? And, um, you know, it started as a passion project of me just sharing my experience uh, of what I went through as a midshipman to help other people hopefully resonate and understand what their son or daughter may be going through. And it was, it was very, (laughs) as I have to say that as a parent, and as a mentor of many other parents found the specific information that you provided extremely helpful. We were talking about equipping parents, empowering parents with information to understand their midshipman's journey Mm -hmm. so that when they speak to them, they have a context of where they're coming from. And you did that extremely well. I I really appreciate that. Again, this is, this is a passion of mine. It started in a conversation of spring break in my first year where my dad was, we were sitting up. Um, I went to a Jesuit Catholic high school um, and I, I really resonate with the Jesuit order and my Catholic faith. And, um, you know, we, we sat back and we, we reflect a lot and we talk. And so my dad was like, what's one thing that you wish you would have maybe done a little bit better at the Academy or you wish you could have changed about your Academy experience. And, you know, my whole thing was, I feel like I did a bad job of, of like telling you guys how you could have supported me. And I, I just feel like I was a very difficult person to love and support in my journey. I can't believe that like, one. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, trust me. You can ask them all, all these smiles and laughs and stories. I was a menace. I, like I was, we talk about the stress and the, and the frustrations and all these right. things. Like it put me to a place where I was, I was, I was short. I, I you know, I, I didn't have time to explain all these things. Right. And right. so, I was like, how can I now turn around? How can I truly embrace this mantra of being a man for others? And how can I support and help the people that are coming after me? That's where Academy Insider was born. He was like, hey, well, let's tell your story and let's help other people so that way maybe their relationships with their families can be a little bit better. And I was like, I love that. I love it. And so Academy Insider was kind of born from that. And, uh, you know, we're just at a point where a lot of the charm I think of Academy Insider was the fact that I was a recent graduate. Now I'm just old. <laughs> now I'm just old. So you know, <laughs> you're not. You are not old. But 
it was so instrumental. You had, you had so many people that kind of depended on the information that you had mm-hmm. and at a given point, And I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was because of your assignments and mm-hmm. perhaps the secrecy. And I know like as officers, and particularly in certain fields, they have to like my like my son, my oldest in mm-hmm. cyber, he had to withdraw his footprint. Academy Insider went dark. So all of a yep. sudden it's not there. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? And then is it coming back? Because that's what I want to know. You know, in full transparency and, and again, everything you'll ever hear from me is so pro Naval Academy and in US Navy, right? Always. So it's a mix of things. There was a little bit of external influence that that kind of led to it. But I think the the real driving factor, which you mentioned, was I was gone all the time. I spent my year one to four in the Navy out to sea constantly. And so there was a certain level of I just couldn't do it anymore. It literally wasn't feasible. As much as I had this passion and this desire to try and get back to the community and maintain this presence and do all these things... It was near impossible. I had hit a point where I was like, I I just, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and I can't provide the service that I want to provide. It just didn't make sense to try and continue it on until I had the bandwidth to really be able to invest in it again and make, the, make it the service that like everyone deserves. That's kind of a, a little background uh, onto that. And it was one of those things where I felt unfortunate because it kind of just, it kind of did just go away, right? But a lot of that was, which is exactly what you said, is there's a certain level of discretion and privacy and all these different things with my job and me being away and, and just everything that just contributed to all those things. Unfortunate. But now to transition to the next piece, which is I'm so excited. Yes, it's coming back. It truly is a passion of mine. This is, this is a passion project. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in a phase of my life where I can make it an entity that best serves the community. So we're in the process of changing Academy Insider a little bit, like you're saying, it's it's no longer going to be just Grant Vermeer talking about his experiences. And I'm really going to be, you know, investing in and building an amazing community of recent graduates to share all of their experience as well. So that way we can get a whole overarching, encompassing community of people and of parents. Like we want to make this an all-inclusive group of people who are interested in providing positive, authentic real stories about life at the academy to really contribute to this mission of supporting midshipmen, future midshipmen, and their families. We're coming back officially as a 501c3 nonprofit organization, an education-based nonprofit at the start. But really my end vision and my end goal, it's something that I mentioned earlier in the podcast is the Naval Academy is a generational changing opportunity for a lot of people. And so my vision on top of helping everyone at the academy through this purpose of education is really trying to provide the educational resources and then potentially additional help in education prep and SAT tutor prep and congressional interview prep to underrepresented congressional districts all throughout the the country. That's the new vision of Academy Insider is we're going to create a better version of what I did earlier on with the help of of amazing uh, friends and mentors and graduates and community, and then really look to try and expand our reach to to truly reach out to every single promising individual in the in the entire country and extend our hand to get them to Annapolis to continue this cycle of people who are going to take advantage of a generational changing opportunity and make positive change in, in the world. So that's the vision. And I'm just I'm just so excited. 
And I'm excited that Academy Insider is coming back. I'm excited about your new and expanded vision. And I really feel honored and privileged um, to have you with me today as, as a guest. Welcome to the civilian world and welcome back to the Navy family because we've missed you, Grant. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you for your time, for your words of advice, and we'll have to plan some future podcasts on some topics that might be more, I don't know, expansive, like Absolutely. rank <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I'm just so appreciative of you taking the time to do this. I, this was so fun for me to to be back and do this again and talk and share stories and and be a part of this. And I'm just so appreciative of everything you do for the Naval Academy parent community and the Naval Academy community at large. So I, I look forward to hopefully doing a lot of things together. Because uh, at the end of the day, our shared mission of supporting the Naval Academy community is something I care a lot about. And I just, I love what you do with your platform. So I'm really grateful to be a part of it. Thank you, Grant. Thank you for uh, being my guest. And I look uh, forward to seeing Academy Insider come back strong. Thank you for joining me for this very special episode with Grant. And I hope that you will visit my website, usnamedmomsandmore.org where you will find my blog with posts and articles related to my book, A USNA Mom's Journal, filled with information that helps to guide parents through the Navy journey. My mission is to serve the USNA parent community and to empower and equip parents with information to navigate the journey successfully. Also on my website, you will find the link to the podcast, it is all on the homepage, on the, the menu. You will also find my shop, Handmade Spirit Items, to express your Navy spirit. And on the menu, you'll find important links for anything related to the Naval Academy, whether it's Navy Federal or academic calendars or plebe summer. Also, there are additional links for places to eat for places to stay, for things to do and see. So check that out, especially for parents who have a mid-commissioning or whenever you're visiting Annapolis, that's also a helpful resource. And finally, you will find on my website also Life at Navy, where it goes through an overview of the four years and what to expect. And again, all of this is based on my book, A USNA Mom's Journal, Plebe Summer, through commissioning and beyond everything you need to know, exclusively available at the mid-store and also available on my Etsy shop. So look for that link on my homepage of my website. Thank you so much again for joining and thanks so Perfect. much. And of course, we have to say, go Navy. And you say? Beat Army, baby. That's Beat right. <laughs>